Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online, internet, around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Let's take our Bibles and go to Psalm 112. Let's begin in verse 1. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. The Bible says, praise the Lord. That in Hebrew is the word hallelujah, and it simply means praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. My friends, when we were born again and we became Christians, we were translated or we were moved from the kingdom of darkness, which was ruled by Satan. We were moved over to the kingdom of light, which is ruled by the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the king, and we are now in his kingdom, and every kingdom has rules that govern that kingdom, and those rules are established by the king. And in the Lord's kingdom, we are instructed to reverence him greatly, and also to delight in his commandments. Now, there's many beautiful promises in Psalm 112, but it hinges upon our obedience to delight in the commandments of the Lord. One of those commandments is to be a giver. And the greatest expression of our giving begins with honoring God with the tithe. So 10% of all of our increase, whether it's 10% from what we earn at work or 10% from perhaps unexpected money that would be given to us, 10%, the tithe of that belongs to the Lord. And then on top of that, we can give offerings as the Holy Spirit leads our hearts and moves us to do so. That's delighting greatly in his commandments. It says his descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Now it's very exciting to look at verse three and see that wealth and riches will be in your house and to know that God wants you to have a home and he wants your home to have wealth and riches within it. Praise God. But my friends, that's going to happen, but we must obey. First of all, verse one, we must reverence the Lord. That means have a deep respect for God, live our lives in a way that's pleasing to him, and then delight greatly in his commandments. And one of his commandments is to be a giver in the sense that we obey him in the area of finances. Today, as you bring your tithe and your offering into the storehouse of the Lord, I want you to know that God wants you to have your own wonderful home and that God wants to fill it with wealth and riches. Now with his word in your heart, let's now obey the Lord. Let's now delight greatly in his commandments by bringing the tithe and the offering into the storehouse of the Lord. If you would like to mail in your tithe, your offering, you can send it to Stephen Brooks International. P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is 28654. If you want to go online and bring your tithes and offerings in online, you can do so from anywhere in the world. Simply go to the website, stephenbrooks.org, and on the homepage, you'll see a red heart, and it says, Give. And you can click on that link, 
and you can bring your tithes in right there. If you would like to give a special offering, we have another banner that's it's orange in color and it says projects and you can click on that and you'll see the project that we're focused on, which is the pure gold television ministry. And you're sowing into that helps us to send our half hour TV programs continually around the world every single week, including broadcasting from Bethlehem, Israel three times over the nation of Israel. And also my friends, our other networks that we're on allow us to send the gospel to over 200 nations of the world every single week. Thank you for your giving and your support. Heavenly father, I pray you bless your people that as they delight in your commandments and as they honor you with their finances, which is an expression of their love of your word. I thank you, father God, that they will all have their own homes and their homes will be full of wealth and riches and that they will be blessed in all that they do because they have your kingdom at heart and they are those who take your word very seriously and they obey it. Now, Father, we thank you. Bless your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. I do believe that that verse 3 is going to be very powerful in your life this year. Hallelujah. Now, thank you for your giving and financial support. Let us now jump into today's message. I want to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and today I want to discuss the gift of faith we could call it technically the gift of special faith because this is not normal type of faith. This is a supernatural faith that can come on you. Praise the Lord. And I do ask for your grace as we work through this message today. As many of you know, we are in a time of prayer and fasting. And so when you're fasting, you may not have the normal pep and zip as normal. And perhaps you may even see that reflected in my nature today as I'm on a, a fast as well along, uh, you know, of course, leading the fast that many have joined in on and you're welcome to jump on to and believe God for your miracle. Amen. And so, um, when you fast, you don't have that normal jump and holler, praise God. But nevertheless, we still know that our spirits are open and very sensitive to the things of God. So let's pay careful attention today to God's word. Now let's begin in verse one and let's pray. Heavenly father, we ask that your Holy spirit would just turn on the light and that we can see the truths and what belongs to us and what is available for us and help us to experience it this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Ignorant or uninformed. And it is fascinating that you could go up to many Christians and ask them, can you name me the nine spiritual gifts? And it's, it's going to be a challenge for you to actually find a believer that can answer that for you. You may not even find that many that could do it in a seminary or a Bible school. That's because the enemy knows how explosively powerful these gifts are. So what he does is that he sees that the very area that the Lord wants the church to have great illumination, 
he realized that's a threat. So he intentionally tries to veil that so that either these gifts are misunderstood or they're not taught properly, or it's just something that's skipped over. But my friends, we are fully taking off the veil today. We're going to look carefully at one gift. Now there's nine. We're going to look at one. And even this one gift, we could talk about it for a long, long time. But in this one message, I want to get the core thrust of its application over to you because this gift is a little bit like a car. Uh, if you don't know how to drive a car, you don't have a driver's license, you've never been behind the wheel before, uh, especially if you had like a, if you didn't have an automatic, but you had like a, uh, the stick shift and you have to do all of that. You, now you've got a clutch. You're just not going to know how to drive that car. But if you had some training, you could, and you understood park neutral drive and all of that stuff, turn signals. Okay. Now you could work with the vehicle, but the Holy spirit wants to touch you and come upon you and give you this gift of special faith. But if you don't know what it is and you don't know what it's meant for, then you'd be like, uh, the person that doesn't know how to drive the vehicle. And so our knowledge helps us to cooperate with the Holy Spirit so that we can receive the miracle that God is getting over to us. Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So he says, brethren, so he's writing to Christians, he's writing to believers, and he doesn't want them to be left in the dark concerning the nine spiritual gifts. These nine gifts can be segmented into three separate categories. We can call them three gifts that reveal something, three gifts that say something, three gifts that do something. The three gifts that reveal something would be the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. The three gifts that say something would involve the use of our mouth. Therefore, that would be the gift of prophecy, tongues, and the interpretation of the, these unknown tongues. And then the three gifts that do something would be special faith, working of miracles and gifts of healings. Now the three gifts that do something, the fact that they do something is a demonstration of power. So sometimes these gifts, the three are known as the power gifts, but anytime we're talking about God's power, when there's power that's released, that means energy is involved. So because the energy, the power is being sourced from where? From God himself. Then actually we are looking at the potential for unlimited energy. So the gift of faith, which is the greatest of the three power gifts, the gift of faith is the ability to tap into this unlimited energy of God. And it is very, very powerful. Praise the Lord. We're going to talk about it today. Amen. The gift of faith is God giving you a portion of his faith to receive a miracle. And the Holy Spirit can just drop it on you. It could last for five minutes. It could last for an extended period of time. I believed that the gift of faith was on Noah when he did something that no human had ever done before, he built a gigantic ship on land against all kinds of opposition, ridicule, 
criticism and people that I'm sure told him, you have completely lost your mind. But because that gift of special faith was on him, he completed the project on time, on budget, and he received a miracle. Special faith is God giving you a portion of his faith to receive a miracle. So God takes some of his faith and drops it on you. It's similar in some ways to the word of knowledge. God has all knowledge within his mind, but he doesn't take all of that knowledge and just dump it on you because uh, we do not have the capacity for all of that. We would max out our, um, our hard drive of our brain's ability. But my friends, he can give you a word. He can give you a sentence. It sometimes can literally be one word and he can give you a supernatural word of knowledge and it greatly helps your life. It's same thing with the word of wisdom. He doesn't give all wisdom, but he can give you a word of supernatural wisdom. So it's the same thing with faith. God takes a portion of his faith and drops it on you. And because it comes from God, you can believe just like he does so that you are able to receive something that you could never receive within your own frame of general faith. <clears throat> Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. By the way, the gift of working of miracles is different from the gift of special faith. Let me see if I can explain this briefly. Please go with me to the book of Exodus. Here's a good example. Exodus chapter 14. And let's drop down to verse 16. By the way, these gifts are so exciting that if you've ever uh, experienced perhaps boredom, and maybe you feel like life is not very exciting, well, as a believer who can flow with the Holy Spirit in these gifts, um, life uh, is, is off the charts. It's the highest level of living. You'll never have to bungee jump uh, off of a high platform. You'll never have to skydive looking for a rush or a thrill. No, the Holy Spirit will take you on journeys and adventures of faith that are remarkable and breathtaking in nature. Now here, Exodus chapter 14, verse 16. Well, verse 15, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. So they can't go backwards because you have the Egyptian army. You can't go to the side because there's two high mountainous walls on each side. And the only thing in front of them now is the Red Sea. But God says, tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go, shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Verse 21 is very important. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. My friends, we say that God did a miracle. He did, but notice that nothing happened until Moses stretched out his hand with his rod. So technically, God worked through Moses to do a miracle, and you could, you could actually say, and you would be correct in saying this, that Moses split the Red Sea. Moses did it. Well, Pastor Stephen, God did it. Yes, God did, but God did it through Moses, and it didn't happen until Moses actually worked a miracle. So special faith 
is when you receive a miracle from God because your faith is so strong. It's off the charts through the roof and it's so strong that you receive a miracle. But the gift of working of miracles implies that there's work involved or in other words, you're going to be involved in this one. Just like Moses was taking that, that staff and sticking it out there before everybody millions of eyeballs upon him. But I tell you what he did it. And my friends, the Red Sea, uh, step back at his command. So working of miracles is, uh, it's just that you are involved in working a miracle. So there's something that you're going to be doing. I've had that gift come on me at times. It is a very sacred gift. And when it happens, God flows through me and a miracle happens, uh, for someone, perhaps someone that I'm ministering to a minute, maybe a, a miracle of healing, maybe a creative miracle, maybe a miracle of deliverance, but your participation is required, which is why I'm telling you, uh, like in the case with Moses, you have days like that. You'll never have a dry moment. You'll never have a boring day in your life. Can you say amen? Let me get a drink of hot tea. And by the way, a big thank you to the person that sent me all of the white tea from China. Woo, sure is good. Praise the Lord. I'm working my way through it and enjoying myself at that. I don't know who the person is. There was no, no return address. Uh, I don't know who sent me the tea, but God knows. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for my white tea. Praise God. So my friends, God worked through Moses to perform a great miracle, but in special faith, you're not working a miracle. You are receiving a miracle. Mm -mm. Now, before we dive deeper into what actually is special faith and how can you tap into it to receive a miracle from God, let's first differentiate it because there are four types of faith that we actually see in scripture. And so what happens sometimes is that unknowingly, mistakenly, sometimes ministers get it all mixed up and they use faith, uh, even if it's different types, all like in the same category. And they, they use the gift of faith in the same expression as general faith. And before you know it, it's all mixed together and it confuses people, but we do have to separate them. So there are four types of faith that are mentioned in scripture. The first one is saving faith. Let's turn there to Ephesians chapter two, Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, for by grace you have been saved. How? Through faith. So you've been, you're, you're saved by grace through faith. So what is this? This is saving faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And this gift is given to the hearer when he hears what the preaching of the word of God, when he hears the gospel, when he hears the plan of salvation explained in a clear and understandable way, what happens? Faith comes alive to receive who to receive Jesus as Lord and savior to receive forgiveness of sins. So by grace, you have been saved through faith. So the most elementary form is that of saving faith. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And that is given so that an unbeliever can call upon the Lord and be saved. Okay. Now, number two, we have general faith and let's turn over to Romans chapter 12 
as we take a look now at general faith. In general faith, you could call it regular faith. I guess to me, I just think of it as like normal, everyday type faith. Romans chapter 12, and take a look at verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So we see here that Paul, again, is writing to believers. He's writing to the church in Rome. And now he says in verse 3, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now, every believer has the measure of faith. You receive that measure when you become born again. And that measure is on the inside of you, and it can be developed. And the way that you develop it is by meditating, reading, studying the Word of God, and getting that living Word into your heart, and it builds and strengthens your faith. And just as you can build up your muscles, you can build up your faith. But I must admit, uh, especially as I'm getting on in life, getting older, so to speak, that I like the spiritual aspect much better. Because naturally, physically, there does come a time physically where you can't do what you could do when you're 20. That's why when you're 50 or 60 or 70, your physical ability diminishes. You cannot carry that same level of strength that you had maybe when you were 25 or in the very prime age of life for physical ability. But my friends, spiritually, it's totally different. Spiritually, you can continue to build your spiritual faith muscles and you get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And you can do that until the day you take your last breath and go home to be with the Lord. Mm -mm. Praise God. That's why the apostle Paul said bodily exercise profits little. So there is some profit in it, but godliness is profitable, not only for this life, but also for the one to come. Woo, praise the Lord. So we thank God that we can build ourselves up in faith. That is normal, general faith. And we use it to receive the answers to prayer, to receive uh, the promises of God, to move forward and conquering our Canaan land and taking what rightfully belongs to us. That is the use of normal, general faith. Okay. Number three, we have what the scripture calls the fruit of faith. And this is found in Galatians chapter five, where we have the fruit of the spirit listed for us. Galatians chapter five, verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit. Now that is the fruit of the recreated human spirit, the Holy Spirit dwelling in your inner being, dwelling in you, helping you to live the life that Jesus wants you to live, to take on the character and nature of Jesus, that's bearing fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. Okay, so we have the gift, uh, or excuse me, the fruit of faithfulness in the Greek is actually called faithfulness, this beautiful fruit. And 
Fruit is something that grows in the life of a Christian to establish him or her in the character and nature of Jesus. So we continue to bear more and more fruit. I received an email this past week, and a brother in the Lord said, Pastor Stephen, I have been watching your messages now for uh, right at 10 years. I have followed your ministry. I have seen the growth and the amazing things that God is doing in your ministry and in your life. And he said, I want to ask you a question. How do you stay so consistent? And I thought about that for about a day. And I said, Lord, what is actually this, this key that helps me to do this? Because uh, perhaps you've noticed Sunday morning, I'm here. Wednesday morning, I'm here. I've, I'm here ministering the word. What is the key? It is the fruit of faithfulness. And what produces faithfulness? Well, it's, it's identifying and relating with the character of Jesus and how faithful he was. Let me give you an example. In my mind, I can never see Saturday morning roll around and there's a meeting at the synagogue and Jesus is supposed to be teaching and it's, it's uh, let's say it's 9 o'clock in the morning. He's supposed to teach at 9 o'clock. All of the apostles are there, but Jesus is nowhere to be found. And Peter says, men, have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Rabbi Jesus? And uh, James and John said, no, we, we haven't seen him. And Peter says, well, we better go get him. Thomas, Matthew, you two go to his house and find out where he's at. And they go to, to Jesus' house, and they knock on the door. Master, are you in there? And there comes a sound from the back of the house. Yeah, I'm here. Come on in. And they go in there, and there's Jesus at 9 o'clock in the morning laying in bed. And they say, Master, you're supposed to be down there teaching at the synagogue. And Jesus goes, what time is it? It's 9 o'clock. It's 9.05. 9.05? I'd better get on down there. I'd better get on down there. And he puts his shoes on and his robe on. By the time he gets there, it's 10.15. Everybody's left. I cannot see that happening in my mind. There's a lot of things with Jesus I can't see happening to Jesus. I can't see Jesus in a car wreck. I can't see Peter pulling Jesus out of a car wreck saying, careful with him, John. He's got his leg wrapped around the steering wheel. Quick, Peter, uh, 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 all of us, let's give him some CPR. Let's get his heart going again. I can't see Jesus in a car wreck. And therefore, I cannot see myself in a car wreck. I can't see Jesus having a, being involved in a plane crash. Therefore, I can never see myself going down in a plane crash. And I can't see Jesus never, ever not showing up for his assignment. I just can't do it. <laughs> I just cannot see Jesus, our Lord and Savior, uh, when it's time for him to be there. He's not there. Where did he go? Uh, he's overslept again. John, you better go wake him up. You're the youngest one. He likes you. Go wake him up again. He's slept. He's overslept again. I just can't see it happening. Amen. Amen. Why is it that some pastors, when there's the slightest amount of snow or maybe a little bit of sleet, even though all the roads are salted and uh, everybody could drive if they wanted to. Why is it that pastors are so quick to close churches down and say, well, we're going to take Sunday off because we have a little bit of rain, cold temperature, and maybe a little bit of snow. Y'all stay at home now and be safe. Yet that same day on Sunday in the same city, the stadium where the NFL football team is at is packed out. 
And the fans go there on purpose to show their loyalty in harsh conditions. And they actually delight that they're getting snowed on or rained on and the whole stadium's full and you got pastors that won't show up until the church members don't come. Woo! I can't see Jesus not showing up ever. Mm -mm -mm. So what is this? It is the fruit of faith, which is called what? Faithfulness, and may that be found in you. But my friends, whether it's the fruit of faith, or whether it's general faith, or whether it's saving faith, that's not, though, the gift of special faith. The gift of special faith is absolutely, completely different. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The gift of faith is different from the other types of faith. With this special faith, there is a manifestation of the evidence of the supernatural. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. It allows you to supernaturally, against all odds, believe God for a miracle. That's, that's really, if you condense it all down, that's what the gift of special faith is. I want to say it again. It's God dropping His faith on you, and you can now supernaturally, Against all odds, believe God for a miracle. By the way, when that gift comes on you, uh, don't expect others to have that same reaction that you're having because you're in that mode and that gift is on you and you can be surrounded by even Christians that are submerged in a sea of doubt, in a sea of pessimism, in a sea of negativity, and they're maybe even vocalizing that. But right in the midst of that, you can stand rock solid, supernaturally calm, cool, and collected when that gift comes on you, and you can move forward, and you can receive a miracle, even if nobody else believes it. Mm -mm. That's why when you see the story of blind Bartimaeus, and he's crying out to Jesus, and all the people in the crowd are telling him to shut up, be quiet. Uh, that's, that's really cruel. That's really hard. And he got louder. And it's so bizarre that the moment that Jesus stops and calls Bartimaeus to him, suddenly the crowd turns and they say, oh, yes, now's your moment. Go get your miracle. Yeah, we were with you the whole time. No, you weren't. We know exactly where you're at, doubting and pouting and all of that stuff, moaning and growing, uh, 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 you know, wailing and crying and all of that sil religious silliness. But my friends, the gift of faith will launch you into a dimension of the faith of God so that you can supernaturally receive a miracle, irregardless of what is going on around you. It is an extraordinary, priceless gift. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, I was just talking to um, a dear minister friend of mine. I actually called him last night because the story I want, I want to tell you, he told me a year ago, but I'm like, I, wa I wanted to get it down, so I told it, Correct. So I called him last night. He called me back at 10 o'clock at night last night. And um, this minister, he's actually a really good friend of mine, has a very large international ministry. I'm one of his board of directors. I serve on his board. And so often we talk about God's miracle power. And he told me something that happened to his pastor. And his pastor, who lives in San Antonio, Texas, was flying from Texas all the way to Johannesburg, South Africa, where he was going to minister.
And as this man of God, who is a very spiritual man, I know for a fact that every morning before he does anything, he prays in tongues every single day of his life. He prays in tongues for two hours in the morning before he does anything. Well, he's flying from America to Johannesburg, and while he's on the plane, he has a desire that when he gets to Johannesburg, he wants to have a lobster. He wants to eat a lobster at a restaurant. And because he's very familiar with South Africa, he knows that it's not lobster season. And it's long past lobster season, so no restaurants have any uh, uh, fresh lobsters. But while he's on the plane flying there, he has a very strong desire for a lobster. And special faith came on him. See, some of you, you, you don't understand how much God loves you and wants to give you even these things that touch your heart that God has put within you, the, the way that he's made you and created you. And so he has a desire for a lobster. So eventually he, the plane lands. He gets to uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, and he tells a friend, I want to go to the restaurant. I, first thing I want to do is I want to eat a lobster. And so his friend takes him to a restaurant. They go inside. They sit down at, at a nice restaurant. And uh, the man brings out the menu. Uh, you know, the waiter does. Of course, there's no lobster on the menu. And this pastor, this man of God said, um, he said, I, I would like uh, to have a lobster. And the waiter said, sir, uh, it's not lobster season, and we don't have any lobsters. He said, well, I would like a lobster. And the man said, we don't have any. He said, go back and look for a lobster and ask your cook to look around because I know there is one lobster. He said, I know it. I know there's one lobster for me. And the waiter thought he was crazy, thought he was like a total crazy person. But the waiter goes back and looks around, talks to the, to, the, uh, to the chef, and the waiter comes out just a few minutes later with the most astounded, puzzled look on his face and said, Sir, there's a lobster back there for you. And none of us in the kitchen know where it came from. There, and there was like a thing of water, and somebody had come and put a live lobster, a big one, into fresh water, and there's a lobster there in the water. And nobody knows who brought the lobster, did a vendor bring it in and drop it off, and it's not lobster season, and there's no explanation for it. Nobody knows who put it there, how it got there. It didn't make any sense. And the waiter said, we've got a lobster back here. And he very calmly, this pastor, very godly man, very calmly said, yep, that's, that's mine. He said, go ahead and prepare it for me. And he had his lobster. Special faith that allows you to do what? To receive a miracle. Even, my goodness, some of you, you don't know how much God loves you. Even if it's a lobster. Mm -mm. Some of you, you don't need $100 million to make you happy. Maybe you just need a lobster. Amen. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I tell you, God wants to do miracles for you. But for a miracle to reach its destination, it has to be received. And the gift of special faith empowers you, allows you to receive a miracle from God. You don't have to work a miracle. Okay? This is different. You are receiving a miracle. You can believe beyond human ability. And it comes because the gift of faith is upon your life. Can you say amen? Woo, praise the Lord Jesus. 
um, take a look at this just for a moment. Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 37. You're found in this verse. I've got your picture right here in this verse. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? Well, first of all, to be a conqueror is to be someone who meets an enemy or an adversary on the field, but you meet, both of you meet on an equal basis. Okay? So you're both on an equal basis, but that's your adversary, that's your enemy. And so you meet and you win, you conquer. So you are a conqueror. What does it mean to be more than a conqueror? More than a conqueror is when God reaches in, defeats the enemy for you, and you enjoy the victory. And in these cases, oftentimes you're not evenly matched. You are outmatched, outgunned. You would appear to be outmaneuvered, outnumbered. Everything is against you. But God steps in and you receive a miracle and you win. You win. That's more than a conqueror. Please lift your hands right now and say, I am more than a conqueror. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what a phenomenal heritage you have in Jesus. This is your legacy. This is your DNA. This is what is in your spiritual blood. Praise God. The gift of faith is God intervening in your situation and you receiving a miracle. I like the story in Daniel chapter 6 because we see clearly the gift of faith was upon Daniel, verse 20. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, Live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury, whatever was found on him because he believed in God. He believed in his God. My friends, the gift of special faith can come on you in the middle of a dangerous, very life threatening situation. And you receive a miracle of deliverance. You are protected and there's no way that you should have gotten out of that, but you did and not a hair on your head was harmed in the process. And the king gave the command and they brought those men who had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children and their wives and the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Can you see that this is not normal faith? This is supernatural faith that was on Daniel that delivered him from the normal situation of death. In other words, nobody else gets out of this alive. What happens normally happens unless God steps in and he stepped in for, for Daniel. 
But notice Daniel was not out. He was not down in that den screaming, crying, somebody get me out of here. Give me another chance. I'll, I'll, I'll stop praying. Some, please, please, let's rethink this and talk this over. No. Unwavering, uncompromising, cool, calm, composed and collected and an absolute phenomenal faith. The gift of faith was on him to do what? To receive a miracle. Daniel is not walking around in that den with a big roll of duct tape, putting tape over the lion's mouth and taping it shut. Now you be still. I'm going to tape you up too. No, he's standing there enjoying himself. And the angel is there. He obviously he can tell that the angel is there. That's discerning of spirits that allowed him to know that perhaps even see that. But my friends, he's not working a miracle. He is receiving a miracle of deliverance through Special faith. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. When this gift drops on you, all doubt, all fear, worry, or concern evaporates instantly. It's incredible. You'll talk to anybody. You'll do anything that God would instruct you to do because a surge of the boldness of God, the faith of God, flushes into your spirit, into your system, and you you turn like into a superhuman glory, glory to the Lord. Now that gift may last one minute. It may last on you 10 minutes, or it could be in a way like it was on Noah where it took him a hundred years to build that ark, but it is a sustained supernatural faith where you're going to get this done. You're going to get this done. Wow. Praise the Lord. And you will. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm-mm. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 6. Thank you, Lord. I would like for you to use your general faith, your normal faith, to believe that God will touch you and give you the gift of faith. Can you do that? Woo, do that today. Amen. Pastor Stephen, why will I want to do that? So that you could receive the impossible so that you can receive a miracle, so that you can receive what would normally never, ever happen. But when that gift comes on you, you have the ability to pull it in and receive it. Woo, praise God. Amen. I'm telling you, this is the greatest of the energy gifts. This is the greatest of the power gifts. It's off the charts. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. This gift also will preserve you from failure, and it will also pervert, preserve you from embarrassment or the enemy trying to make a mockery of your life. Second Kings chapter six, verse one. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, see now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let, let, let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, go. Then one said, please consent to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the enemy would like to turn this into a very humili humiliating situation. For the man who had borrowed the accident, now he's plunged in the debt. He can't recover it. And also humiliating, perhaps, for the prophet 
who would not have the ability to do anything about it. All he can do is prophesy. No, 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 no. The gift of special faith can come and it can deliver you from the humiliating tactics of the enemy. So the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there and he made the iron float. Well, of course it floated because he is in supernatural faith and what he is doing will work. Anytime that gift is on you, it will work. Woo. Praise God. And what happened? They received a miracle. The iron floated. I like the King James version. It said the iron did swim. I think it was doing the, uh, maybe it was doing the backstroke. Mm -mm. No, but it did float. It came up and floated. Therefore he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. There you go. Boom. It's over with just like that. You're delivered. Nobody's going to be in debt because of this. And the project moves forward unabated by the power of God through the gift of special faith. Praise God. Never ever write off anyone who can flow with the Holy Spirit. You may think they're down. You may think they're out. You may think the enemy's got them. Don't ever, ever write off anybody who can operate with the Holy Spirit because that gift comes on you. You better watch out. You better watch out. Next thing you know, they'll be on top. And then you could be eating your words. You could have egg on your face because you kind of maybe got on the negative wagon and say, yeah, look at them, blah, blah, blah. Watch out. Anybody that can move with the Holy Spirit. Woo! Uh, God, they can, God knows what to do to give them the victory, no matter how impossible the odds may be. Mm -mm. Praise God. I can't help but think in, in regards to that about the man of God, the apostle of faith from Great Britain, uh, and that would be Howard Carter, who was one of the preeminent teachers actually on the subjects of uh, the spiritual gifts. Fantastic teacher on the spiritual gifts. A man that God used to really begin to open up the, the understanding to the body of Christ of what these gifts actually are. Now, Howard Carter had a situation one time, and, and Dr. Lester Sumrall told the story. Howard Carter had a situation where he was in fellowship with a body of believers, a church, but they were all poor. And all they could ever do was rent, rent, rent. And Howard Carter said, well, why don't we, why don't we buy a building? Well, they said, we, we would like to do that, but we don't have any money. He said, well, you pick out the building, I'll buy it. Well, they were all ecstatic about that. And so they uh, found the building and it cost 30,000 UK pounds, 30,000 pounds. And so he said, okay, he said, I'll buy the building for you. And so he went to the seller and said, I'll buy it. And he said, I need 60 days to get the money in. The seller said, okay, building's yours. You've got 60 days. And so the church now is in the building. And because they were also very close to an Assemblies of God Bible College, many of the students and also many of the professors would come over to this church. They would hang out, they would fellowship, and they were both involved in the work of expanding God's kingdom. Well, uh, he's got 60 days, two weeks goes by. And one of the professors at the Bible college said, well, uh, Mr. Howard, uh, Mr. Mr. Carter, how is your, how is your funds coming along towards raising the money for the uh, 30,000 pounds? He goes, I don't have any of it yet. 
And the man said, you don't have any of it? Shouldn't some of it have come in by now? He goes, well, I don't have any yet. But he said, God knows the need, and God will take care of it. And uh, the, you know, the teacher thought, well, that's really weird. And so, but, you know, he thought, well, the guy's got 60 days. But some more time went by. Eventually, like a month goes by. And some other people would ask him, you know, well, how's it coming with uh, pulling the money together? And he said, well, I don't have anything yet. And they would, they would say, well, that's really, that's really uh, strange. Are you sure that, you know, you've heard from God and that this is going to work out? And uh, he said, everything's fine. He said, I don't need it yet. He said, I don't need it yet. Everything's okay. But it started to circulate throughout the church. And it also started circulating throughout all the Bible college students that he doesn't have the money. He actually doesn't have the money. And the closer and closer they got to the date of when it was due, uh, everybody began to get engulfed with worry and fear, except for Howard Carter, because the gift of faith was riding on him the whole time. And he's just as relaxed and as calm as can be. Now, they're at the church. There was a, uh, a public area where they could eat at, and everybody would come and eat, many church members, and many people would come over from the Bible school, and they would all eat there in fellowship. But uh, Howard Carter found that even many of the professors from the Bible college and many of the students were now like, they wouldn't even look at him. They would put their heads down, not even look at him when they would eat at the, at the table. But Brother Carter stayed all happy. He'd be all happy and be all calm. But all the others were talking about, um, he doesn't have the money. He doesn't have the money. And on the last day the, uh, on which the money was due, it was fr uh, Friday and the money's due on Saturday. On the last day in the afternoon, one of the professors at the Bible college was sitting at the meal table. Many people were present. And the Bible college said, well, Mr. Carter, do you have the money? He said, no, I don't have the money. And the man said, well, you know, all, all flustered and frustrated. Well, you know, it seems to me you should have it by now and blah, you know, and starts his little religious talk. Howard Carter said, I don't, I don't need it now. He said, it's due tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock. And so eventually the day closes out. Now, there in the U.K., the mail would come five times a day. I don't know if it still does or not. You'd have your first mail delivery like 6 o'clock in the morning, then another one at 9 o'clock, then one at 12 o'clock, and, and the last mail delivery was at 9 o'clock at night. Well, at 9 o'clock at night, uh, Howard Carter received a package in the mail, and it was a brown envelope, a uh, pretty big envelope, and he looked at it, and he just put it up on the mantle of the fireplace and didn't open it. There was some other mail also, but he didn't look at it. And he put on his pajamas, and he was going to go to bed. And he started getting into the bed, and the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart. Uh, what about that big envelope over there? He goes, I, I saw that, but um, he said, it's probably just newspaper clippings from Sister So-and-So. She always sends me these newspaper clippings to read about the news and I'm not really in the reading all of that and I don't want to look at that so uh, he continued to get ready for bed and the Holy Spirit again said that envelope that big envelope up on the mantle you need to go take a look at that and so he said okay he said if that will make you happy I'll go do that so he gets the envelope and he opens it up it's gotten wet because it'd been a rainy day and uh he opens it up, and the first thing he sees is a very large note. 
you know, there they call them notes in the UK. And it's a very large note, or what we'd call a very large piece of currency, like a $100 bill. And he pulls it out, and it, the, the whole envelope is stacked full of brand new currency. And he pulls it all out and looks at it. And it's exactly 30,000 pounds. Exactly 30,000 pounds. Now, he puts the money back up on the mantle and goes to sleep. He doesn't go running around telling everybody, just goes to sleep. He wakes up the next morning and goes to the, the meal place where they will all eat, eat at. And he sits down at his chair and says, pass the porridge. Which, you know, that they had oatmeal. So he's basically saying, pass me the oatmeal. And nobody will even look at him. They're all mad, frustrated, and, you know, uh, just ready to write the whole thing off as a big failure. And they're very upset at him. And he says, pass the, pass the uh, porridge. And he's got a smile on his face. Uh, Dr. Lester Summerall said, if you would have known the man, and he said, I knew him really well. He said, whenever he would do his fingers like that, it meant that he was real happy. But he said, of course, nobody could pick up on that. But he was very happy. And one of the professors said, well, do you have the money? And uh, he said, yes, I do. And suddenly people looked, lifted their heads up and they said, you do? He said, yes, I do. And they said, well, how'd you get it? He said, I got it in the mail. He, they said, well, who sent it? He said, I don't know. It's, it's, here, it's all here in this envelope. And what had happened is that the rain had smeared the ink on the envelope. So nobody could understand who it was from. All, it, all they could make out was that it was to Mr. Howard Carter and the name of the facility where they were meeting at. So nobody even knew where it came from. And so they, they said, well, can we see it? He said, yeah, and he, pull, he pulled it all out. It was more money at one time than any of them. They'd all been very poor than any of them had ever seen in their lives. And he let them pass it around. They, get, you had, they begin to flip it and smell it and do all of those things that you do when you got a whole bunch of money like that kind of makes you happy, a little bit of euphoric high. And, well, Pastor Stephen, that must have really changed those people. It didn't, didn't change them at all. They didn't, they still didn't understand him. They still didn't understand the gift of faith. And even one of them said, well, well, do you suppose this will ever work again? But you know, that's like looking at an apple tree that bore apples and then goes into winter. And then, you know, when spring is going to come back around again, that's like saying, do you think it's going to work again? Uh, of course, it'll work again. The laws of God are consistent if you work them and flow with them. So, yes, the Holy Spirit didn't leave the planet. He's still here. And miracles are still being received through the gift of faith. Praise God. By the way, by the way, that night when Howard Carter took all of that money out and counted it, and he had asked, he had asked the Lord for 30,000 pounds. God told him, I'll do it. So when he counted all the money and it was 30,000 pounds to the dollar, to the pound, he said this statement. He said, when he had counted it all, $30,000, he said, only just. In other words, only just. In other words, there was not one nickel over. He said, only just. And the Lord spoke to him and said, that's just all you asked for. 
That's just all you asked for. Woo! Folks, please. Please hear me today. If you're going to ask God for something that takes a miracle, and God's going to do it, don't you think you should ask for the best? Don't you think you should ask for what? Maybe the, maybe the place needs to be remodeled also. Let's bake that into the request. Because if God's going to do a miracle, let's make sure we get it right. Mm -mm. Whoa, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Think about that. Because even that pastor, he wanted one lobster. He asked for his lobster. And he got what? One lobster. Amen. So when you're making your request, and you, you know that God can touch you with special faith, and you can receive it, make sure you've got it You've got it figured out. Make sure you've run the numbers because it's going to be what you've asked for and what you've settled in your heart. That is going to be that request. Make sure you've got that right. Mm -mm. Woo, glory, 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 glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Judges chapter 15. God's going to do it for you. God's going to do it for you. You're going to know the Holy Spirit through the gift of special faith. Now, in certain ministers that get this gift, it can be a resident gift where it, it operates very, very often. And it does in my life. It operates very often in my life. Every property that my wife had, have ever owned, whether it's ministry properties or whether it's personal properties that we have bought, every single property, without any exception, everyone has been bought and purchased when the gift of special faith came on us came on us because we didn't have down payment. We didn't have the ability to go out and do traditional, uh, you know, like financing. So we needed a miracle. But every time we, we, we found something that would work, I'm telling you every single time that the gift came on us and we ended up owning that property. Praise God. The beautiful home that we live in right now. The beautiful home that we live in right now, we live in that home, and we own that home because of one thing. The Holy Spirit fell on my wife with the gift of special faith, and she said, we're buying that home, and I'm going to make sure we buy that home. And she, she asked two questions. She asked two questions and received a miracle, and we own the home today. We've been living there for years now. It is absolutely beautiful, and we love it, and it never, ever could have happened without a miracle. But God did a miracle because special faith came on Kelly. Woo! And we own it. Glory to God. Mm, 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 mm. Praise the Lord. And every property that we have. I remember one morning, I woke up one morning some years back, and I said, I'm buying land today. Can you believe that? Just to wake up one morning and not, not have enough money. Uh, there, was, there was nothing for sale that I had enough money to just go out and buy it. But I had a little bit. And I had the gift of faith fall on me. And I said, I'm going out today, and I'm buying property. I'm buying some land today. And I got my truck, just started driving around, and I found a lot on the golf course. We have a beautiful golf course only about three miles from here. It's beautiful. And I found a lot that was for sale, but it was like veiled. It was like a, it's like a curtain had been placed over it, and people didn't see how beautiful and valuable it was because 
um, it was all grown up. It was all grown up. But it's like in my mind, I could see it cleared off and I could see it overlooking the greens. And so with the gift of special faith on me, I called the realtor when I saw that property. I called him right there. I, as soon as I saw his realtor sign, I called him and I said, I want to buy that property. He said, this is how much it's for sale for. I said, ask the owner for these terms and conditions. I named the terms and conditions. I'll put down this much, but I need owner financing. And he said, I don't think he's going to do that. I said, that's okay. Ask him anyhow. And the realtor called me back and, and he was shocked. He was, he was a little uh, puzzled by it. He said, the man said he'd do it. I said, all right, let's get it, let's get it on contract and uh, I, I'm ready to buy it. And he sold it to me and I bought it and paid the whole thing off. Woo! Woo! Glory! Glory! And I did it because special faith fell on me. And when it's on you, it works. It works. It works. It works. It won't work if it's not on you. But if it's on you, wow. I mean, you, you, boom, you go through. You go and you ask with boldness, not arrogance, but you ask with such a strength because God's on you. I've had that happen over and over. I'm not exaggerating. Over and over and over and over. And every time it happened, special faith came on me or came on my wife or came on both of us. Judges chapter 15, verse 14. Let me get another drink of my hot tea. Praise God. Now you can see why Paul doesn't want the church to be ignorant of these gifts. They're phenomenal. Praise God. When he, that would be Samson, came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire, and his bonds broke loose from his hands. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand, and took it, and watch this. He humiliated and embarrassed the devil. He took a fresh jawbone of a donkey and killed a thousand men with it. Then Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain a thousand men. And they're all piled up in heaps. He reached for a jawbone of a donkey, not for a machine gun. He didn't reach for a sword. He didn't reach for a tank and a bunch of hand grenades. He reached for something that was so silly and foolish, but yet special faith was on him. And then he took that jawbone and worked a miracle and killed a thousand enemies of God. And they were piled up in heaps. Mm -mm -mm. So, so often the enemy who makes a lot of noise because they came with this great tumultuous noise. I tell you when it was all said and done, they were all shut up. They were all quiet. They were all put in their place. They were all dead. And God wants to work through you with special faith to humiliate the taunts of the enemy that says you're not going to make it. God sits in the heavens and laughs at the enemy. Praise God. And that is something that we can do too. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. The supernatural is supposed to be a lot more common in our lives. If Noah can build an ark with special faith on him, then you can build and accomplish what God instructs you to build. And it's probably, honestly, it's, what you're called to do is probably not as big as an ark. 
Okay. Woo, praise God. Now, we do know that the creation scientist, Mr. Ham, did build a replica of it. And I tell you, it's quite, it's quite impressive. But my friends, the gift of faith brings holy boldness into your life, and all fear is evaporated and out the window. Please lift your hands. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit touch you with this gift. Now, this gift may not be a resident gift. But it could be something, though, that you at least experience in special times when you really need it. Okay, lift your hands. Father, I thank you for the gift of special faith. Father, this is a gift that I'm familiar with. And I believe that by your grace, I can release activation in the lives of your people. So, Father, right now, as your people have their hands up, I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would activate in them the gift of special faith and let the other gifts as the spirit wills come alive right now in the lives of your people. Let them come alive, but let them have a, a moment. Let them have their time of knowing this gift. It may not operate always. There may be some other gift that you want them to have, but at least let them know this gift so that they can say, I've had my experience with that gift too. I received a miracle from God because special faith came on me. I thank you, Father, they will have this encounter. May it be so. We say amen, so be it. In Jesus' name, amen. Say, I receive the gift of special faith. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to the Lord. My friends, if you're watching and there's somebody watching and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the entrance into the supernatural, the legal entrance into it in a way where it benefits you and not condemns you and damns you to hell, the way into the supernatural is through Jesus. That's how you come into it. Everything that the devil has is a, is a gimmick. It's a trick. And it's only designed to rob from you, steal from you, and kill you in the end and send you to hell. Everything that God has for you is good, 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 good. So if you don't know Jesus, receive him now. Call upon his name. He'll save you right now. Pray this prayer after me. If you're backslidden Christian, Come back now. The last thing you want to do is end up in hell with the devil. Come back now. You also pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent and turn from all of my sin. Wash me with your precious blood. Save me now. Write my name in your book of life. I completely give my life to you now to live for you. Jesus, step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward, and let me know also the gift of special faith by your Holy Spirit. In your name I pray, amen, amen, amen. Woo, praise God. Welcome to the family of God. Praise the Lord. Now, my friends, let's take Holy Communion today. I would like for you to grab some unleavened bread, get yourself a little wafer, a little, little cracker, okay, and some grape juice, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. We set it apart as being holy. And we thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you that you are the source of unlimited energy. We thank you, O God. We thank you, O God, 
that as we receive the Lord's body by faith, we receive the gift of special faith. We use general faith to receive the gift of special faith. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Mm. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. I think there's probably a few that would watch me and say, Pastor Stephen, you present God as being so powerful and you present the potential of, of walking with Christ as being so victorious. It all seems so strange to me. But my friends, can you imagine, can you imagine me when I go to heaven and I'm going to be judged for the life that I lived? Could you imagine Jesus pulling me over to the side just before my judgment time comes? And Jesus pulls me over to the side and says, Stephen, you know, I love you, but you really misrepresented me to the people. You told them that I could do all of these great things. You told them how great I was and how boundless and infinite I was in power and energy. But the truth is, is I'm not really all of that. I can't do all of those things and you've misformed them. And I'm going to have to judge you for that because you told them I could do all of this and I was never able to do it. My friends, what absolute utter silliness and stupidity. My friends, God's power, God's energy, God's ability is there. And God can do a miracle for you. And you can receive a miracle through the gift of faith. We haven't even begun to tap or barely scratch the surface of the great miracles that God wants us to receive. We can't do enough to praise Him, but we're going to try. We can't do enough to proclaim His mighty ability, but we're going to try. And we're going to see God do the great miracles that we desire and the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to make sure that it's delivered and we are going to receive great miracles. If you believe that, lift the cup of the blood of Christ and pray with me. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We receive it and we acknowledge that there is nothing too hard for you, that there is nothing impossible with you and that you want to do miracles for us. We believe it with all of our hearts and we thank you that it's taking place it's taking place, and we thank you that the gift of faith is breaking forth even this week in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, if you believe God is great and that He's working greatly in your life, let's receive together. Amen. Woo! Praise the Lord. Lift your hands. God, you're good, 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 good. And we give you praise. We thank you, Father God. We bless you. We bless you. Hallelujah. Now let praise and thanksgiving flow out of your spirit to the Lord and all that you do and all that you say. Let the spirit of faith be strong in you and be open to the moving of the Holy Spirit because he does move. He is alive and he's very, very active amongst his people. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for watching. And I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.